Health is everything. La salud lo es todo. Health is everything. Health is everything. La santé est tout. Health is everything. Hi, I'm Dr. Charles Raison. I'm a psychiatrist and research scientist, and you're listening to Health is Everything, a podcast from the Emory University Center for the Study of Human Health. As much as or more than any other healthcare profession, chaplaincy is undergoing profound change, and nowhere is this change more apparent than in the Emory Department of Spiritual Health, where chaplaincy is being transformed from an ancillary hospital offering to an integral component of the healthcare system. In this second part of a two-part series, the Reverend Maureen Shelton joins me to continue our conversation on the role that rigorous training in compassion has played in the development of spiritual health as a scientific discipline. Reverend Shelton brings us into the world of Compassion-Centered Spiritual Health, or CCSH, a novel program designed at Emory with the goal of optimizing the ability of spiritual health clinicians to care for their patients while also building the resilience within themselves needed to thrive in the emotionally taxing environments in which chaplains so often work. Reverend Shelton shares the core concepts of CCSH, bringing these to life in a series of beautiful vignettes of patient-chaplain meetings or in the parlance of spiritual health at the place of vulnerability where care seeker and care provider can meet in ways that impact emotional and physical health. Health is everything. So yeah. let's transition to CCSH, another acronym with some C's in yeah. <laughs> spiritual health. Yeah. You and the folks, George Grant and, and Tim Harrison and all the folks working on this, began a program where you began offering CBCT to people that were training to be chaplains. And CBCT became then the bedrock, though, of a larger effort, the CCSH. So talk about that. What is it? How did it start? Yeah, great. Well, um, I guess it was about 2015. One of my residents told me about it, and he said, I think you would really appreciate this um, this method. And so I went to take the class and I was just like in the class taking all these notes. I was like, oh my gosh, this would be such a gift to chaplaincy because I could just see that there was so many chronic patterns that were happening in the field of spiritual health that this could be a very intentional way to bring forward some of the values that we have in a way that could be trained very proactively to be of help. And so I brought it to Dr. George Grant our executive director, who's just have such amazing vision and openness. He said, well, it sounds like this has a lot of potential. So we all took it and then we decided to try it out with our residents. And so we started off with teaching the residents the CPCT. And then it kind of naturally started to happen that people were starting to bring this to their, to their care. And then that got our curiosity and George and, um, you know, had the idea and, and Tim and I and Dr. Negi, what would be a protocol that could help bring the insights of CBCT to the bedside? So we started working on this protocol of compassion-centered spiritual health and then had this great opportunity to do research. Yeah. So what is it? Uh, you know, it, what is CCSH? How do those two things connect? What does CCSH do or how does it translate CBCT or is it the case that CBCT is more of a sort of general foundation for it? Let's uh, talk about that. Tell me how does it work? Yes. Great. So just read this brief sentence here that 
I appreciate CCSH hopes to offer to spiritual health professionals and communities a research-based model of compassionate and inclusive spiritual care, which fosters the ability to determine and address causes of suffering and which cultivates mindsets and skills supportive of the well-being of both care seekers and care responders. It's a program to bolster the well-being, resilience, and compassion of healthcare patients and staff. And CCSH augments best practices in spiritual care with CBCT. So CBCT and CCSH are kind of an additional tool and resource of, of how to understand who you are and what this living human document that you're bringing to the work of spiritual care and understanding some of your patterns. What is it that CCSH, is it a set of principles? Is it primarily a practice? What, how would you describe it? So there's four stages that we came up with to help uh, be a, like a vessel to communicate these skills and to access these skills more consistently in the midst of a visit. So the four stages, um, the first one being prepare the care responder where we're taking care of ourselves before a visit and during a visit to kind of access these insights from CBCT, like self-compassion or the nurturing moment. It might also help us be more mindful. That helps us then go into the visit, which stage two, to attune to self and attune to other. And then the next stage is this accessing compassion through the attunement to relationship. You're being able to notice with more skill both the source of distress as well as the resources of the care seeker. And then you're entrusting the final stage, stage four, entrusting the relationship, um, entrusting the care seeker to to see what happened in the course of the visit that could be supportive of their well-being that they can practice even when the care responder is no longer there. Can you give us a couple of examples? I know you and I, you know, I've often been very moved by them. So I'm curious. Yes. So, Recently, we had one of our residents, it is a deep person of faith and also really has resonated with how CBCT helps make more visible the resources from her faith tradition. So, for example, she was in a, in a room where um, there was in a mother who was in a lot of distress after having just lost a baby. She was having a lot of trouble just trying to hold this grief and was just in these patterns of long time, uh, long-term crying and not being able to kind of take a breath and kind of come back to herself because the grief was so intense. And so the chaplain was able to accompany her. She prepared herself first and grounded herself, which allowed her to really acknowledge her feelings and to accept them. One of the things we do in the model of CCSH is say, now, what kind of resource, what kind of grounding can you bring her? So what the chaplain did, the care responder, a spiritual health clinician said was, would you be able to imagine with me for a moment a time where you felt being surrounded by something that was supportive for you? And she said, oh, yes, my garden. I love my garden. She said, oh, they'll tell me what what flowers are in your garden? And she started to describe that. You just just keep dwelling in that garden for a, a while and tell me, tell me more about your memories of that garden. And then the woman just started getting this smile on her face. She noticed the smile and she said, you know, anytime that you need to rest, 
you can go to that garden. And then she just kind of released a little bit more and was able to kind of take a deep breath. And she said to the chaplain, uh, I didn't know my mind could do that. And uh, they, they, she and the chaplain talked about how it's going to be a continued journey of grief and that they knew that she would need to be able to return to something like that many times. And so that was just, to me, a powerful encounter of um, walking with somebody in that way. It's an interesting mixture of more passive sort of taking it in, right? So you don't come in with an agenda. You're not, yes. you know, you're not thumping a Bible. You're not, you're right. not but neither are you just a reflective mirror. There's this second step where there is there's this sort of agentic move, but yes. the move is built within the sort of world of the patient. Yeah. Yeah. That was just so inspiring to, um, and if I may, another case Please. where this was a case really illustrating the inner work of the chaplain, because CCSH is really wanting to support the care um, responder uh, getting a lot of support, even in the visit. So um, uh, one of our uh, spiritual health clinicians, he said, I went into a, a room and the uh, care seeker was very distressed and they shared that they had been a pastor all their lives and said, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, to not be afraid that God is with them. And here I am, I'm afraid. And I don't, I don't know what to do with that. And the chaplain had just taken self-compassion. And within himself, he was like, oh my gosh, I can totally relate to this. Because for years, I thought that I need to be strong all the time. And this whole idea in self-compassion to be more realistic and accepting my vulnerabilities and limitations, he said, that helped me when I was in that room with her. He didn't share that story with her, but he said, you know, in our faith tradition, they were some of the, from the same faith tradition, Jesus was afraid. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he said, God, why are you doing this to me? And, you know, and he just had that moment of fear, that reframing of taking something from someone's tradition, which was a resource, and adding this broader perspective that the universality of, of suffering that um, she wasn't alone, including she wasn't alone, that Jesus was in that circle with her. And that kind of brought this huge relief. Yeah, I just, so again, you don't come in with a preset content-based right. agenda. You don't do that. No. You come in, you're open, you resonate, you establish a relationship with the person. There is an active response of calling to mind the fear of Jesus, right? which then, you know, sanctifies fear, basically, and makes it, you know, part of a full human experience in a way that then helps relieve the, the woman, the patient. So that's really, really powerful. And, you know, in the learning of CCSH, you write particular cases. And what we're really hoping is this helps the whole profession to build on what's already here in our profession and to add this layer that can maybe light up all these other skills that people already have and use them more consistently. And just another example, if I may, um, one of the um, virtual health clinicians was reflecting on a time when she went into a, a care seeker's room. Um, he had requested a religious ritual. And immediately it became more visible to the clinician, like, you know, we're representing some different communities. And then she, when she heard the, the ritual that they wanted, she said, oh my gosh, well, I have a very set way of doing that in my tradition. 
Let me notice that, honor that. Let me let go of that for right now and see what it means for him. So she was able to take her attention and focus it back on the patient. She, she really was listening and attuned for what elements would be important to him. And she included that and spontaneously, she was able to get the elements necessary. And then they did the ritual where she um, anointed the oil. And then they just had this moment where they were looking at each other and he just said, thank you, my sister. And, you know, that was beyond, she just, you know, when she first walked in the room, that wasn't her expectation. And that was just like, it just was such a nurturing moment for her to take in this common humanity. She just said, this method just helps me go through this over and over again in my mind, because I have these four stages, which helps to organize this model, this kind of spiral education. (laughs) I keep getting another time around with it to, to keep seeing how we can build this, this compassion um, to be more available to us. Yeah. You know, this is such an interesting idea in this context. This is what's so interesting in that there's a commonality in the stories that you've told us, which is that in each case, the spiritual health commission was able to initiate an action that reduced the suffering. And with that action, then there is this sort of, affective payoff for the clinician in making and deepening that connection. So there's that biphasic nature to the practice, that first initial sort of establishing a relationship, understanding those dynamics. And then from that space, you know, bringing in these realizations that are really powerful. Yeah, it is. It's just, and to your point, just to say briefly that so many of the times uh, the cases people are writing are really showing and demonstrating skillful, um, warm-hearted presence. Mm -hmm. So that sometimes the attunement to relationship is enough. You know, in cases when we're entering into a crisis situation, often the person's going to probably be out of their zone of well-being for a lot of that visit. So we're not going to be introducing any new perspectives, but we're going to be an attuned relationship trying to offer different types of grounding to that person that naturally, organically are present. And then saying, oh, what else is here for this person that I can help with and see what is there in that moment, which is that polished lens that we develop through the practice. Right. So that is also an active thing. It's internally yes. active. Yes, 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 exactly. Yes. And of course, you know, when, when, when you're having to try to help people that you instinctively don't like or that are difficult or that right. combative, conflictual, I mean, we, yeah. we, you know, we hear about, you know, these, these become hugely important, challenging practices, yes. right? It's just. Yeah. We want to always be mindful of that. We are wanting to be very careful in, in continuing our boundaries when we need them. But also separating that person from action more likely and seeing this person here is is in distress. And what can I do being in relationship to my own care for myself in terms of having boundaries, uh, accepting my limitations, even in the encounter, but also seeing what I can do with warm heartedness. And hopefully this practice of CCSH that's infused with CBCT can help us be in our zone of well-being more often and see what range of choices we have to support our well-being, the interpersonal well-being, as well as the systemic well-being. It also makes it more visible because you have this range of options. You have this range of approaches and interventions that you can offer. 
So rather than just saying, oh, you know, I was able to uh, provide a prayer, I was able, which is, which is good. I was able to, to listen. Those are all good. But what this can do is thicken that out and give, oh, I was able to do, you know, examples from what I just was sharing in these stories. And people are like, oh, 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 you know, all these different possibilities can open up and, and it makes it more visible what spiritual health is bringing. Yeah, which is fascinating. And of course, you know, being able to provide these sorts of understandings about a patient can itself be utterly transformative, yes. you know. And, and really in most hospital systems, we have a, a more clipped, I would say, version of our understanding of health that's more sort of pharmacological and biomedical as opposed to, you know, from my perspective, actually more of an evolutionary perspective where you realize that humans have this evolved uh, just hunger and need for, you know, transcendence, meaning, purpose, connection. Uh, so the fact that these methods tap into that and then open up those spaces, you know, I think it, there's a huge potential for it to be a key part of, of how we look more holistically at healthcare. Um, more holistically. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a great word. Yeah. And what people are, are, I think, wondering about like within Emory and then abroad is how this can contribute to a culture of compassion in the systems. At Emory, the Center for Contemplative Science teaches CPCT to nurses, to physicians, to all different clinical groups. And then what happens is the nurses, the physicians, the, the chaplains, the social workers are all in this room speaking some common language around this, this compassion that can be of help. So hopefully that's something that can help with this culture of compassion. Maureen, we're out of time. Thank you so much. Uh, God, this is so uh, inspiring. Uh, man, there's just a lot to think about. So thank you. Thank you, Chuck. And thank you for all your work with Compassion Centered Spiritual Health. And um, people can also go to ccsh.emory.edu to learn more about that, as well as the Compassion Centers, compassion.emory.edu. Yeah, folks who are interested should definitely check out the websites. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of uh, possibilities for different ways to get involved. So thank you. Thank you for talking to us today. Health is everything. Thank you for listening to Health is Everything. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, share it with a friend, or rate it on Apple Podcasts. You can visit us at exploringhealth.org and follow the Emory University Center for the Study of Human Health at CSHH or at Exploring Health on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Dr. Charles Raison wishing you the best of health until we meet again. Health is everything. La salud lo es todo. Health is everything. Health is everything. La santé est tout. Zdrowie jest wszystkim. Afia nikila kito. Zimim kondisi apki. Health is everything.